in Parshas Vayera, Avram Avino, of course, is talking to the Rabbeinu Shlaim, and all of a sudden, three uh, people who appear like Arabs come, and Avram Avino leaves the Rabbeinu Shlaim and engages in the mitzvah of Achnasus Archem. And he commands Sarah, or he asks Sarah, Lushi v'asi ugais, make ugais, make some sort of cakes for the guests. And then a little bit later, the, these guests who ultimately really reveal themselves as being malachim, they tell Avram Avino, Shaiv ashuvei lecha ka'es chaya v'hinei ben l'sar we're going to return in one year's time and you'll have a son. And Rashi there says that Kais Chaya is talking about Pesach. What time of year, what day of this, of the year was this that the angels came and that, that Abraham Avinu fed them Ugais and this whole Maisa took place. It was Pesach Chaya. And Yitzchak was born a year later on Pesach. In the next parsha, we find that these malachim, some of these malachim, go to light in Sedaim, and the pasuk there says, "Light invited them in." He baked matzos for them by and they ate it. And Rashi there says it was Pesach. It was basically the same day. And so we see that there was an Indian that Avraham Avinu was Machnesairach, and he gave them on Pesach matzahs light within that same period of time. Also, Pesach, he fed these guests matzahs. The Sisek Chacham asks, why is it that by light it says a lashon of matzahs, and by Avraham it only uses a lashon of ugais? And he says that Avram Avinu was so mahader in Hachnasus Archem that he gave them matzah shira, he made the bread a little thicker, and so that's why it was called ugais. But be that as it may, we see a fascinating thing, and that is that Avram Avinu and Light, they celebrated and they kept the mitzvahs of Pesach, including matzahs, even though it was over 400 years before Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Now, you're going to say, yeah, well, Avram Avino, we know, kept the entire Torah, which is definitely true. But there is room to be mechalek between Stam Mitzvahs, Kashras, and Shechita, and, and Chveis, and all types of other, Nida we have, in, and Rashi brings over here, that she was Paras Nida. Those are Mitzvahs that are basically understandable mitzvahs hatayra. But then there's a different group of mitzvahs that l'chayra should not necessarily be part of the mitzvahs that Avram Avinu kept. And those are mitzvahs that are commemorative mitzvahs. If the reason why we eat matzahs is simply because it's commemorating the fact that the Rabbani Shalom took us out of Mitzrayim, matzah zushan o'echem that we ran out in such haste that the bread that we were making did not have a time to sufficiently rise and we took our matzahs and we ran out of Mitzrayim and that's why we eat matzahs to commemorate that incredible experience 
So how could it be that Avraham Avinu kept the mitzvah of matzah before the events that we commemorate by eating matzah actually occurred? It's a very, very hard thing to understand. In fact, the Sri Deish says that he is mechalik. He says, I can't believe that the obvious would actually keep mitzvahs that are commemorative mitzvahs. It's a very, very hard thing to understand. <coughs> At the end of the Haggadah, for those that are still awake at that point, there is some piyutim, beautiful piyutim, that we say, and one of them is called, Mamash at the end, like right before the Chagadah, we say, V'amartem Zevach Pesach. And we go through all of the events, and it's remarkable how many historic events in Jewish history took place on Pesach. And you have to look through the Haggadah. Mamash came out every event that we know about, that we hold near and dear, that the astounding events of history, most of them took place for some reason on Pesach. And the first two events that are brought down there that took place on Pesach was, and it's, by the way, this piyot was written by Rabbi Lazar Kalir, the famous Python that we know from the Kinnis of Tishabov, so many of them were written by Rabbi Lazar Kalir. He wrote this Vamartim Zevach Pasach. And he says as follows Gilisol Ezrochi Chatzaisla Pasach, you appeared to the Ezrochi, to Avram Avinu, and Chatzaisla Pasach, to Loisav the Facto Kechemayemichesach, you knocked on his door. The door was knocked on on the day of Pesach and the heat of the day and then he said Noitzim Ugois Matzvah Pesach he fed those people those those visitors Ugois Matzvah some Pesach the El Habaka Rot Zechel Shor Arach Pesach he ran to get the Bakar as a remembrance of the Shor that would be Nakad on Pesach and then it continues and it says, <coughs> that the Stoimim were, they were, they, they, they had this terrible experience on Pesach that when the, the fate of Sadaim was sealed then, and light slipped away from them and was able to manage to eat matzahs on the night of Pesach. So we see already over here, Abu Lazar Khalir is telling us that as if like part of the Pesach experience was the fact that we see that Avram, Avino, and Light already fed matzahs, ate matzahs on Pesach. And it's something that, and then it fast forwards to the actual Yitzhak Mitzrayim, this, this period of Amartim Zedach Pesach. As if like there is something significant about Avram, Avino's eating a matzahs as if it was like a chilek of Pesach. And we have to understand how exactly we can understand to, commem- to perform a mitzvah which has not yet happened, the event has not happened with which we are commemorating. How is it possible? How does it, it's not Ayman al-Adas, that we should be doing something before it actually happened in commemoration of that event. <coughs> And there's a very, very well-known Beis HaLevi in Parshas Va'era, or Parshas Bai, that speaks about this very issue. The Beis HaLevi says as follows. The Beis HaLevi says, and he's talking about the Ben Harasha, 
one of the four sons, of course, of the Rasha. And Rashi says in the Chumash that the Pasuk at the end of Parshas Bai, the Gadita that you should tell over to your son on that day, and you should say to him, that for this, for this reason, Hashem did it to us when he took us out of Mitzrayim. Rashi says, this is the tshuva that we give to the evil, to the wicked son. And then the Beis HaLevi says, the Pasuk over there continues, the this is a chayk. Speaks of Axfil, and then he, he describes that the whole parsha of Yitzhak Mitzrayim really is a chayk. It's something that we don't understand. And the Beis Halevi explains that the question that the Rasha asks the, his father, as we see in the Haggadah so clearly, the Rasha says, What is this Avaidah? Meaning, what do you bring a carbon Pesach for? What's the purpose of your bringing a carbon Pesach? What's the question that the Rasha has? To which the father says, The question is as follows. If there's one avayda, if there's one mitzvah that we think we understand, it would be carbon Pesach. Carbon Pesach we bring because we know the Jews in Mitzrayim, they took the carbon Pesach, even though that carbon, that animal, was one which was an avaydazara from Mitzrayim, and Akrishpahu was mitzavah, that we should take it in order to go against the attraction of this Avedazara, of this Behemah that the Mitzrayim held as a god. Klai Yisrael were also somewhat, uh, somewhat receptive to this belief. And in order to wean them away, in order to be Kaibayat, that you have to be Kaifer and Avedazara, you have to go against the Shitas Agayim, take this carbon and be Makrivit on, on, as a carbon on Seder night. And Erev Pesach, and then you should eat it. And so because of this, that's the reason, Pashat, why we bring a carbon Pesach. That's the simple understanding, and that's the major understanding. And so the Russia, the son who's a Russia, asks a question to his father. And the question, says the Beis HaLevi, is one that has never changed in the minds and hearts of Rishayim. Risham throughout the Dairis always try to say, listen, I understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us this and this mitzvah, it's for reason X, and if reason X no longer applies, then there's no reason for me personally to perform the mitzvah. The whole time is brought to us, so we don't have to do the mitzvah. That's, and the, the Beis Levi says, this is what the Reform do, and the Reform were, were getting very strong in the time of the Beis Levi, and people were very attracted to this whole shita of the Haskala and the Reform, which basically took a Shulchan Aruch and a big bottle of whiteout and said, this halacha does not apply to us anymore, that may be applied back in the, in the olden days, before we became enlightened, and before when we were still living in ghettos, before we had certain opportunities, or in order to foster more people to be interested in Judaism, we might have to reform and, con- and convert and change and adapt to the changing times. And so this is the way they did it. Every, they didn't say, Stam, we're going to throw out the Shulchan Aruch. But they justified each, each and every mitzvah that they thought in their minds they understood the reason for, because I know the time for the mitzvahs, so that if the mitzvah doesn't apply anymore to me, if the time is bottle, 
if there is no reason, if it's not applicable to me, so why do it? And so the Rosha says to his father, Dad, what is the purpose of this Avaida? You're bringing a carbon Pesach today. In the times of the Beis HaMikdash, let's say, no one's doing Avaida Zar anymore. That was something that maybe in Egypt they were interested in doing. Maybe it was something attractive and geschmack in Egypt to bring a, to bring a lamb to be to, to consider the lamb to be a god. Nobody look through the encyclopedias, do a Google search. Nobody nobody's being over to lambs anymore today. Nobody. And so if nobody's worshiping lambs, why do we need to take this Aveda to take this carbon and be Makrabit to the Rabbi There's no purpose in it. What are we doing it for? We're just stop doing exercise in futility. It's meaningless. The Rabbi doesn't need this anymore. The reason the purpose that he gave it to us is gone. And so therefore we no longer need to perform the mitzvah. This is what the Russia's taina is. It's not Stam. He's not Stam saying to his father, like, you know, the pictures and all about God, this, like this bad, this bad kid without any reason. He's just Stam a kid at risk. This is a boy that he has, he's a chacham. He's a smart kid. He's just not, he's just ill-advised. And he's giving a taste. He's, he's asking his father a good question. Why are you doing this, Avaidah? Dad, there's no reason to do this anymore. You have to get with the times. The HaKadosh Baruch Hu probably doesn't want us to do this anymore because it's just, I'm a waste. And to this, the father answers, This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us when he took us out of Mitzrayim, v'shamarta es hachuka azois l'mayada miyam yamima for all times you have to keep this chuka. What he's saying is, don't think that it's a mitzvah that you know the reason. You might think you know the reason, and it might even be kemat mafurish in the psukim what the reason is why we're taking the carbon pesach. But it's all a chayk. Everything is a chayk. When I'd, if I'd ask you, give me an example of a chayk, you'd all raise your hand and say, paraduma. Or you might say, shatness. Certain things that we really have no clue as to why we're doing, except for the fact that the Rebbein Shalom is mitzavit. But the Beis HaLevi tells us that no. All Tariyad mitzvahs in the Torah indeed are chukim. We don't understand a word. We don't understand one single reason or purpose for any of the mitzvahs. Because the main reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah is because he wanted us to do the mitzvahs. And the mitzvahs HaKadosh Baruch Hu had in his Torah even before the world was created. The Chazal, the Zayar says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was istakel ba'iraisa u'bar'alma. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, he looked in the Torah he used the Torah as his blueprint, and from that blueprint did he go and create the world that we have today. So it's not as we might think, and we most, most of us probably do believe this before we know the Beis HaLevi. We think that the Torah is a response to the world. There was Mitzrayim, and therefore, in order to commemorate Mitzrayim, oh, now we have a parsha of Matzah. We have a parsha of Mara. We have a parsha of Karim Pesach. No. The Torah was the Torah even before there was a country in the world called Egypt. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a Torah before planet Earth was created. Now that the world, now that there is a Torah, now HaKadosh Baruch Hu reverse engineers based on the Torah of the world. 
which means that when Akash Baruch Hu made it bitter in Mitzrayim for all those years, it wasn't that it was bitter and now we eat mar in order to commemorate that bitterness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a mitzvah of mar to give us. And in order to give us some understanding of why we should eat mar, he made it bitter in Egypt. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a, give, had a mitzvah of matzah to give us. In order for us to have the mitzvah of matzah, to give us a little bit of understanding, he made it that we didn't have enough ch- time for the dough to rise, so it ended up being matzah, we took it out of Mitzrayim. But that's not the reason. The matzahs are not in response of the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, of the Nisim of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The Nisim of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was indeed a response to the mitzvah satira that preceded the world. The Shamartas Azais. All mitzvahs in the Torah, even though we think we know the reason, we have it clear when it says in Agadah, Matzah Zushan O'Echlem, Pesach Zushan O'Echlem. How can you say it's a Milsab Leitaima? So basically, he says, even that, the Medakte, it doesn't say this is the reason. It says, Al Shumma, give me some time for why we do it. But this is not the only time. The reason that we do it is simply because the Rabbani Shalom commands us to do it because this is what his Torah says to do. Whether or not we would we understand it, whether we don't understand it, whether it's applicable today anymore or not, irrelevant. We're keeping the Mitzvah Torah not because HaKadosh Baruch Hu had this in mind and therefore if that doesn't apply anymore, it's not, it doesn't apply to us the Mitzvah. That's what Rishon believe. That's what the Reform believe. But Klai Yisrael does not believe that. Klai Yisrael understands that every single mitzvah in the Torah is a chayk. And being that it's a chayk, we have no understanding why we do it. And we do it for one reason, because the Rabbi Shalom was mitzvah. And that's what the father answers the son. And if you look in the Rashi there, it's Mamash Meduyuk. Rashi and Chumash, when it says, Hashem li Mitzrayim, what does it mean, Babur What's he pointing at? Whenever you use the Lashon of Zeh, it's Mayur Be'etzva. Ba'avur Zeh, Rashi says, Ba'avur she'ekayim mitzvahs halalu pesach matzah maru. What does that mean? Now plug that Zeh back into the pasuk. In order that I should fulfill these mitzvahs of pesach matzah maru, also Hashem leave it takes me to Mitzvah. took me out of Egypt. It's not that Akadosh Baruch took me out of Egypt, and therefore we do these mitzvahs. We do the mitzvahs, Babur Zeb, because of these mitzvahs, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did everything backwards to fit into the mitzvahs, so that the mitzvahs can have some time for us. But even if there would never be a mitzrayim, we would still have to sit on the night of the 15th of Nisan and eat matzahs. And he says, that's what the others did. When Avraham Avino, when Light, when they sat and they ate matzahs on Pesach, what kind of matzahs are they eating on Pesach? It didn't happen yet. The Territ says that there was a kiyam on mitzvah even before Mitzrayim. Because the reason why we eat matzahs is not because of Egypt. It's not because of the Nisim. It's simply because this is what the Torah wants from before, from day one of the world, there was already a mitzvah of matzah in the world. And so Avram chapt the mitzvah, Leit chapt the mitzvah, the others chapt the mitzvahs. And that's why it's so beautiful that the Beis HaLevi, the way he explains the whole thing, and everything in the world is like this. I saw once a different shot, that, a different Haisafa <coughs> to this. Rav Gifter says, beautiful, based on this Beis HaLevi, 
says that's why on Seder night, if you ever wonder, why don't we make a bracha of Shasa Nisim Aviseinu? By all other mitzvahs, we say uh, whenever we're commemorating a nace on Hanukkah, we make a bracha of Shasa Nisim Aviseinu. Why don't we make that bracha on on Lel Yitzias Mitzrayim? Aren't we commemorating the Nisim? So what Rav Gifter says is is that we're not really commemorating the Nisim. Don't get don't make the mistake. And believe that on this, on Lel Yitzchak Mitzrayim we are here because we are sitting around commemorating the miracles that happened in Egypt. It's not true. We might be speaking about it. We might have a mitzvah of Sipor, but the reason why we're doing the mitzvahs, the reason why we're, we have a din of celebrating Mitzrayim is because the Rebbeinu Shalom was mitzvah, not because of the miracles that he performed. The miracles that he performed was only a chetimsa to give us a little time in the mitzvahs. He worked backwards to fit it into the mitzvahs, but the mitzvahs are freestanding without the nisim. So there's no real reason to say to make a bracha of al nisim. And he says that that's also why we why uh, so, but by drabonons by Hanukkah, let's say the rabbanon they were kaveya based on the nis the mitzvah, but by Darais it doesn't work that way. He says that's why Tyson says. In, in Megillah and other places, that the reason why you don't say Afin Hayyubaisanes by Dairaisis is the same thing because by Dairaisis it doesn't apply. By Dairaisis, the Nisim were not the Kaibeah for the mitzvahs. The reason why we keep the mitzvahs is not in response to the miracles. The miracles were a response to the mitzvahs. I once heard a beautiful shot, I don't know exactly who said it, but I think it's a gorgeous vart. How does the Chacham answer? His son. The Chacham says, Tell him the halachas of Pesach, meaning that you're able to be yaitzah your din of Sipri Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, not only by telling over the whole, all the Medrashim, all the Chazal, and exactly what happened, but if you pull out a Mishnabura and you learn with him the halachas of Pesach, you're also Mekayim, the mitzvah of the Laila of Sipri Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Which is a very, very, a very strange thing. I thought, yeah, don't you have to tell stories? How can you tell him just Hilchas Pesach? I mean, it's not. It's not. It just. It might not be that that's the Pshutai Shalmikra. It might be that you know, there's their Chazal, and I think there's a, a Tesefta maybe that says that they would learn. There would be Mesafer until Chatzais, and then after that they would they would they would learn the Halachas. And when we say to the the Chacham, that's like the last Halacha in uh, in in Pesachim. So maybe there was still a Din of Sipor. But there are, I believe there are definitely Mepharshim that say that you could be Yaitse your din of Sipor through just learning with your son the mitzvah halayla. What's the pshat? How can you? The teretz is that if you're saying that the whole reason why we have the mitzvah halayla is only because of the nisim, so then you have to be misapra, you have to tell over the whole story because the story is really the narrative explaining why we're doing what we're doing tonight. But if the reason why we're doing everything we're doing tonight is because there's a din matzah, there's a din murr, there's a din pesach. So, and the Torah, before the stories happened, before the world was created, there was already such mitzvahs, and that's really why we're Mekayimit. So we could sort of circumvent the whole Sipri Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim and cut to the chase, go and talk about the, the actual mitzvahs, because the mitzvahs were the kaveya of the Maisa. So you can be yaitzah your din of sipur through the mitzvahs halayla because you're talking about the halachas, which the halachas were the kaveya. The halachas were the very purpose of the sipur to happen.
I want to just be myself to be myself one Nakuda onto the base Halevi just to come back to Avram Avinu to come back to our parsha. Avram Avinu was Machnes Archem. He was Machnes Archem, and the first time that the Torah tells us that he was Machnes Archem, he fed them matzis. What was Avram Avinu's purpose in being Machnes Archem? Was it just Stama? He was a very big Baal Chesed, Avram Avinu, of course. But was it just purely Chesed? Is that why he was Machnes Archem? Or was there an agenda, if you may, if you will, in his Achnes Archem? So the Gemara in Saita tells us that he had an agenda. When Avram Avinu was Machnes Archem, it wasn't just Stam because he's a, he wanted to have a hospitality desk in his house. When Avram Avinu was Machnes Archem, he was being Mekayim, the, the spreading of Amunas Hashem in the, in, in the world. Avram's mission in life was to teach all of the people in the world, all the people, the Rishayim, the Oyed the clueless people that had no idea that there was a real one God in the world and they were bowing down to Avedizaris and, and to animals and to whatever else they were, to the sun, to the moon, to the stars. They were, make, they were tayim. They were making a terrible mistake, either b'shegeg or b'meizeg, whatever they were doing. But Avram Avinu's mission in life was to spread the word of the Rabbi Yishlam throughout the world. And the Rambam in Hilchas Avedizara goes and explains how successful he was. He mamish, he would attract crowds in the thousands. And he would preach to, the, to them that there's one God in the world and that you can't have a biro without a bal biro. You can't have such a beautiful world with a big bang. It has to be that there was a creator over here who, who, who created the world and continues to run the world. This was the specific mission of Abraham Avinu. And when Abraham Avinu was Machnes Archem, this was a Kirov tool, if you will. He wanted to bring the people into his tent, into the Eshel Avram. And when he was there... When the people ate from him, and at the end they were makirutayv, and they said, "Thank you so much." So he says, he "says Don't thank me. Thank the being who gave us all this food. Who gave us the food?" So he said, "I don't know who gave us the food." He said the Rebbeinu "There's one God that gave us the food, and you have to give bracha to Him. You should thank Him. Give shevach and haidaya to the person, to the creature, to the to the Creator who gave us everything." That was the mission of Avraham Avinu's Hachmasas Archem. That was the very purpose of it. In order to refute the Tayyim in the world, you would bring them in, and as every person in Kirov knows, the best way to be Makarev, after all the discovery seminars, and after all of the, uh, the, the Torah codes, and after all the Chachma is over, at the end of the day, the way you reel somebody in that doesn't believe is with a Cholent on Shabbos. If you bring somebody in, the Gemara says this, the Gemara says, G'dayu Legima. Legima, having Sudas is so great, Shemakarev as Erechaykim. It brings near people that are distant. There is nothing like being Machnes Eich, bringing in somebody's Miras and Cholent and Kogol. That's the best That's the best Kirov tool. And this is what Avram Avinu employed. Avram Avinu invited guests in and he had to refute them. Chazal say he was Ma'aches Akram. He had to sort of sew together all the rips in the Amuna and Ashkafa people. And so when Avraham Avinu, when we're introduced to Avraham Avinu's Achmasas Archem, I don't believe that it was by coincidence that it was on Pesach, and I don't believe that it was by coincidence that he fed them matzis. Because matzis is the, ref- the refutation. It's the pircha to any min. 
What are the people, what are the Rishayim, what are the Avedazara from time immemorial? What were their reasons for being Avedazara? Why did they not believe in the Rabbi Shalom? Because they always were able to find ways to say it doesn't apply, it's ridiculous. Why can't you drive a car on Shabbat? You can't turn on a TV on Shabbat. You can't flick on a light. That's a malacha. It doesn't apply anymore. Come on. Get with the times. Times are changing. You're living in America. It's the 21st century. This stuff, is, it doesn't apply. That's what Risham said today. And that's what Risham said in the time of Ramavino you know, also. They were also making fun of him and saying, you're crazy. You believe in a God and you're doing mitzvahs. And what are you doing? And Avraham Avinu pulls out matzahs. And matzah symbolizes to every Russia, it's the one way to make still the mouth of a Russia. Don't tell me that mitzvahs don't apply to us, that the Rabbani Shalom didn't mean it for us. I'm sitting here today, and I'm eating matzahs for an event that has to take place in 400 years from now. You think I'm crazy? I'm not doing it because of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. I'm doing it because there's a mitzvah in the world, the Rabbi Shalom commanded me to do this. For all times, I'm going to keep this chayk, because all of mitzvahs are chayk. Don't think that you could get around it. Don't think that you could justify your avedizar, or your kfir, or your minos, or your indifference to religion by explaining it away with a bottle of whiteout or ink, crossing out lines of shulchan aruch. Every single thing is applicable to us. With every time, and every generation, every country in the world, it's applicable. Aye, but it doesn't really, it doesn't have to. It's a chayk. The Rabbani Shalom wants us to do it. That's it. And that is how Abraham Avinu, I believe, was mekarves or chaykim. This kirav was to teach them that Rishparuchu's wish is golden. And it's something that we cannot change. We don't have the right to change it. There's no need to change it. And HaKadosh Baruch even things that you mamish, the biggest thing that you would not believe you have to do is eat matzahs 400 years before an event happens. Or keep a carbon Pesach 400 years before the Maisa, but I'm telling you, you do. Because Abedazara is false, and HaKadosh Baruch wanted to tell you that. And he commands us to keep mitzvahs in order that you should know that you cannot get around the Torah. The Torah is immutable. The Torah is something that we all have to shtaltsutu. This was the lesson of Ram. This was the lesson of light when he was machdis arachim. Also fed the matzahs. He learned that from Avraham Avinu. To makarivis harachaykim through this tool called showing them how mitzvahs apply for all times. It's fascinating. There's a chazal... The Chazal says, the Torah in Arachayim says that the three regalim, the three regalim that we have, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, are Kineged, the Gimel Avis. This is the Torah in Arachayim, Simon Tufyud Zayin. Pesach was Kineged Avram. Pesach was Kineged Avram. Why? Tichsev, Lushi, Vasi, Ugais. Because he said to his wife, he said, Sir, it's Pesach, make matzis, prepare matzis, it's Pesach. And in that schus, we have matzis. Because that, we have, we have Pesach today. Because of Avraham Avinu schus. What's the pshat in this chazal? The pshat, I believe, is that Avraham Avinu, through eating matzis, through commanding Sarah, Lushi Vasiugais, was being mashish and muna in the world. 
and showing the world that this is the Torah and this is something that never will change and never changed and never will change. But the Chassam Sefer writes in his last will and testament, he writes to his children, don't go with the zeitgeist. And that, in the time the Chassam Sefer was very, very strong attraction to go after the Ascala and the reform. He says, don't believe it. Don't listen to what they're trying to tell you that times are changing. He says, don't believe it. He says, we have one old father in heaven. Why? He never changed, nor will he ever change. The same consistent Rabbi Shalom of all times, from the first day of the Briyat Shalom, that we know of our Rabbi Shalom, to the end of times, the same Rabbi Shalom, it never changes. Avraham Avinu was masterless in the Briyat, showing that Matzis is the ultimate proof to this. And so because of this Amunah that he gave, we were Zaycha to go out of Mitzrayim to Nisim Gedalim. Because Nisim, we could have also gone out with, uh, with, without any Nisim, without Yitzhak Mitzrayim, with the greatness of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, without Kriyas Yamsim, without the Kailas of Brokham, or the Isis of Mitzrayim. But Akrish Baruch said, no, Bishos Avraham Avinu, that he was Master Shemunah on Seder night to his Hachra, to his guests, he did it to show Emuno, I'm going to give them Nisim, Vinifloys on Pesach, to be Master Shemuna in Klai Yisrael for all times. This is what the Ramban tells us at the end of Parashat Spari, the famous Ramban, that the Nisim Geluyim of Mitzrayim is so essential for us to understand. It's such a, an important tenet of our belief. You have to believe in Yitzhak Mitzrayim and all the miracles. Because if you believe in the great miracles, then you'll also come to believe in the small, more covert miracles, the miracles that are not so readily identifiable, not the shock and awe miracles, but the everyday miracles that we can eat and we can sleep, we can talk, we can see. Those are miracles also of the Rabbi Shalom. But only through the Amuna of the Nisim Gluyim can you come to understand the Nisim Nistarim. And so the Amuna that Avraham Avinu was mashrish through the Matzahs gave us this chos of the greatness of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu displayed for us, Mashrish in us, Emunah, and Bitochen in the Rabbi Shalom and his Hashkoka Pratius. And so that's what I believe is the pshat, that the Pesach is Bishos Avraham Avinu, the Emunah that he was Mashrish, gave, set forth a ripple effect to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, that we should go out also with tremendous Emunah, just like Avraham Avinu was Master Shemunah, the Rabbani Shalom felt that he too should be Master Shemunah with the Nisim. Did he have to do them? No. But the Nisim were in order to give us our Amunah, our dose of Amunah, like Avraham Avinu gave his visitors the Amunah. And the Emma says that we do this also on Seder night. It's a fascinating thing. We, we start off the Seder and we say, This is the bread of, of, of affliction, the that our forefathers ate when they were in the land of Egypt. And then we say something very strange that we don't find by other Yom Taivim. We say, whoever needs, come in. We're being machmis archim on Seder night. All of a sudden, we don't do this on Sukkot. We don't say such a, such a, you know, such a nusachav called dichven yesev yechel on Sukkot. We don't say it on Shavuos. Daft on Pesach, do we say, this is the bread, this is the matzah, called dichven yesev yechel, come in. 
What's the what's the what's the hemshech over here? What's the matzah have to do with achnasas archim? But I believe that what we're saying today, if it's true, then we have a nice pshat. We could start off from Yetzirah Hashem. Whoever remembers has something to say on Saturday night, right off the bat. That the pshat is that we see that Avraham Avinu used this matzah as the kiruv tool par excellence achnasas archim to bring in people into the fold, all the sons, whether you're a chacham or a rasha. Or a time or shenyadelishal, everybody by bringing them in and by explaining to them that this matzah that we eat is something that didn't start today. It's something that started before the world was created. And there's a muna. We have to have a muna that there's a rebbeinu who created the world, who gave us the Torah, which preceded the world, and that all of the halachas of the Torah are applicable today as they were from the beginning of the world. Nothing changed. Then we could say once we explain to them. This important Yisrael of the Beis HaLevi, that Halach Ma'anya, then we could say, called Ditzvich Yisav Yechel, come in, I have something very important to teach you. I have to mechanech you with this Yisrael and Amuna, and Seder night is the pinnacle of Amuna. It's the foundation of Amuna, it's the cornerstone. And if we could get Amuna straight on Seder night, if we could be matched to our children, our grandchildren, on Seder night, these important Yisraelites of Amuna, then Ladar Dairais, Ladar Dairas, the Amuna will stay strong. And so we start with this Yisrael of the Beis Halevi, which really shows how everything is from the Rabbi Nishlam. All the Taira comes from the Rabbi Nishlam. There's no reason to waver. We can't pick and choose mitzvahs as we would like to. Nah, davening, I don't need to daven, it's not for me, I don't need, or, uh, you know, this is not for me, I'm not good in this, Lashon Hara is not my mitzvah. We pick and choose. We don't have the right to. Even if we think, well, it doesn't apply to me, it's irrelevant. It's very relevant because the Rabbi Nishan was mitzavah, all the mitzvahs. This is the most important and critical element of the Amunah. That there's a Rabbi Nishan, the Rabbi Nishan is Bayer and he was mitzavah to do the mitzvahs without changing even a single kutzah shal yud from the Shulchan Aruch. We'll end with one story. I don't know if it really happened or it's just a uh, mashal. But the story goes that there was a, a new Sefer Torah that was being brought into a certain shtetl in Europe. And it was announced a couple of months before the Sefer Torah was complete that the Sefer Torah is going to be completed, let's say, and any woman that wants to try to make a mantle for the Sefer Torah, that wants to try to weave or knit together a beautiful covering, the cloth covering that, that, that clothes the Sefer Torah is invited to do it and we will have a contest a day before the Sefer Torah and let the best lady win. Whoever has the most beautiful will have a panel of judges and the best mantle, the most beautiful mantle will be judged and if that's the one that wins then that will be the mantle that covers the brand new Sefer Torah. So all of the women in town got all excited. They have the opportunity. It's a big covet to make the mantle for the, for the new Sefer Torah. And they all started getting to work and buying linen and, and, and clothes, silk and, 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 and different beads and diamonds, whatever they would ship in it and make beautiful ornaments and letters and writings. There was the day of the, of the contest and they all put out on the tables all of their projects, all of their mantles, and one was more beautiful than the other. And the judges went from one mantle to another and examined it and made sure that it was just, uh, it was just 
perfectly beautiful. And they finally passed in that this woman, a certain woman, Sprintzi's mantle, she's the one. She won. And her mantle is so gorgeous, it's so exquisite. This is the one that we're going to use for our new Savior Torah. Okay, she was all excited. She was going to make a big kiddush that Shabbos. And the next day they were getting ready. The, the ink was dried on the Sefer Torah. They finished the Le'ene Kal Yisrael. It dried. They closed the Sefer Torah up. They put the gartel on. They take this woman's gartel, the mantle. They pull it down on the Sefer Torah. And lo and behold, it's short. It's short about one inch. It doesn't cover. You still see an inch of cloth at the bottom of the mantle. Uh, the rub comes in and says, listen, we can't use it. Our mantle should really respectfully cover the entire Sefer You can't have it. It's beautiful as it is. Sorry, we're going to have to go with the runner-up. This woman was standing in the room. She turned ashen, and she says, how could this be? So oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's just, it doesn't fit. You have to go with number two. Number two fits beautifully. So she starts screaming and yelling, cut the Sefer Cut down the Sefer Torah by an inch. And the people were astounded and they asked her, they escorted her out of the room. This is a mushal for what many, many people believe is what Yadus is. If Yadus fits me, if it fits my lifestyle, if I'm comfortable with it, if it's the mitzvahs that I personally like, and I think they pertain to me, and I find a certain, you know, a certain a certain chain in those mitzvahs or those lavin, I do it. But if something doesn't fit, if it doesn't fit my lifestyle, I don't want to be makbid on speaking Lashon Hara. I don't want to be so ethical in business. I'm a wheeler dealer. The Shulchan Aruch, Mishpah doesn't really fit into my plans of conquering the world. So I'll, I'll take that out. I'll cut down the safer Torah to size. If I feel that certain Averis don't appeal to me, certain Lavin of looking at certain things, speaking about certain things, eating certain things, drinking certain things, it doesn't fit currently my lifestyle. Cut down the safer tire to size. The mantle has to stay the same. I don't want to budge to the tire. I don't want to have to adapt to the tire. I let the tire adapt to me. This is something that's not only really found just by Risham and just by people that are not within Orthodox Jewry. Unfortunately, it applies to, I think, each and every one of us. Maybe not in as stark terms as, as the Russia puts it, but maybe much more benign, much more sublime ways. That there are certain things that might not completely appeal to us, so we sort of cut corners when it comes to it. We justify, we act certain ways, maybe barabim, where we're in the privacy of our own homes and no one's looking, we act in a completely different manner because we justify that it's not for me, that's for a different type of people, that's for black hat people, that's for modern people, that's for, 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 for a person that, that holds with his machmir in general. And so we cut down our Sefer Torah, one halacha, one sip at a time, comes along the Beis HaLevi and tells us that we can't do it that way. It doesn't, you just, that's not the way the Torah works. The Torah, even if we have a Sefer HaChinuch, and the Sefer HaChinuch tells us, Mishrashi mitzvah gives us a Shairish, it gives us a little town for the mitzvah. And it's, what he's doing is, and he, he speaks about this, it doesn't mean when the Minchas Chinuch, when the, chinuch, when the Sefer HaChinuch gives us a, mitzvah, a town for the mitzvah, don't think that that's the only reason for the mitzvah. 
we spoke a few weeks ago in the Marshall about Kibbut Aveim. The Yisoyed says the Chinuch for Kibbut Aveim is to teach you Akar Esatayv. Does that mean that that's the only reason for doing Kibbut Aveim? Does that mean that if, if you don't, if let's say you really are such a person that's completely grateful to everybody, you're the most grateful guy in the world, you don't have to machab with your parents? Of course not. It's, it's, it's one of a million or a trillion timim that the Rabbi Shalom had for Kibbut Aveim. But there are so many that we don't know. And even if we would know them all, we would still have to do it because this is what the Rabbi Shalom wants us to do. And so we have to understand that when there's a halacha, when there's a mitzvah, we have to keep the mitzvah as a chayk. Turn off your brains. Try not to think too much about why you're doing it. Because if you think too much about why you're doing it, the tendency of a human being is to say, well, it doesn't apply to me. Doesn't fit my lifestyle. Let's cut down the safer tire rather than, than sewing the mantle, than adding an extension onto the existing mantle. We have to completely conform ourselves to the Ratzon Abare to make our mantle, our covering, our garment of Tara Mitzvah fit what the Rabbi Shalom's Tara is and never ever allow our adherence to Tara Mitzvah to be based upon the sheer, the length of our mantle. Have a very good